Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. The Timberwolves, the Timberwolves beat the Warriors, but is there still a little bit of consternation among Wolves fans, or is this just drama that the media is trying to drum up with the Timberwolves versus the Utah Jazz? We'll talk about that next, coming up on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson, and this is the Ron Johnson Show. And I know your bus, your your brackets are busted. Let's let's be honest. My brackets are busted. Miami, did you think? No, nope, sure didn't. San Diego State, maybe. But I know Reggie Wayne might have had Miami. But come on now, the rest of these teams in the Final Four, Florida Atlantic. I don't think a lot of you were picking any of these teams. So head over to FanDuel.com backslash locked on to get started today, just to make every moment more. Why? Because your parlays can still keep going even though your bracket's done you can still be a part of these parlays on fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more and to get started today well i got to bring sam extra to the show my producer and uh sam oh shit i did that wrong sorry well that was more natural i, I should have said uh this episode is brought to you by but i didn't do that part you think it matters mm, no i thought it was fine okay all right here yeah. we go three two and as I bring my producer, Sam Mexham, to the show, Sam, we have to talk about Minnesota basketball. And it's like this is a roller coaster. And this is this is like so I'm, I'm down at Disney, of course, and I've been riding a lot of roller coasters. And as I'm riding them, I started to imagine and I understood exactly what the Wolves fans feel like. And, and this is a roller coaster that there's ups and downs. You get nauseous. You're throwing up a little bit, maybe even in your mouth because you can't throw. Uh, hopefully you don't throw up on the kids when you're riding. Uh, but this is the part of the ride where you can see the end, but you really don't know if it's the end. Cause you know, that's how roller coasters do. Like I did the Harry Potter and I don't want to ruin it for people that haven't done it yet, but there's a Harry Potter motorcycle, uh, uh, roller coaster. And there's a secret cause I, I, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I've watched the movie, Sam. I don't know if you have, but there's mm-hmm. like a secret within this ride that you don't know is about to happen. And you think the ride is over. And then, boom, something happens. And it's dramatic. It's drastic. People scream. And then the ride keeps going. And so I think this is where the Timberwolves at are at in their season. This is the part of the season where, is there a trap door? Is this just the end? Are we going to go upside down again? Are we going to hit a big drop? Because I can't see what's up ahead. Like, I'm in the back. So I don't know what's in the front. I can't see. And, and when you think about this, and this is the reason why I say you got Carlin D. Towns, you got Anthony Edwards, you got Rudy Gobert finally back. But then, of course, to pay off the tease, there's some drama out there. Walker Kessler, he was the guy that was traded to the Jazz from the Timberwolves. Well, he has more blocks right now than Rudy Gobert in less minutes played. And could that be like, okay, do we need defense? Yeah. So could we have used Walker Kessler? Yeah. Now, here's where I go with this, though. There's two thoughts. Maybe Walker Kessler's younger, faster, moving better, and he's playing better. Better system, Jazz. But the Jazz system was set up for Rudy Gobert to have a ton of blocks. 
So maybe it's just the way their system fits, funneling guys into the bigs. You sit around, you just get blocks. Also, people are saying, Walker Kessler, nobody knows him. So people are just going to go at him, not understanding the kid is actually good. People know Rudy Gobert, so it's a little bit more fear. It's a little bit more strategic. Like, instead of going up for a layup, maybe I'll hit him with a step back, crossover, sidesteps, jumper, instead of just trying to go right at him. There's a lot to that. And so uh, I, I honestly say maybe the Timberwolves could have made it with Walker Kessler, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and still had all those first-round picks to continue to build. Um, if they were going to get rid of D'Lo anyway, then they would have had Mike Conley Jr. with this team, with Anthony Edwards. Maybe instead of, you know, what they did, you go get a score like James Theus had bought up. You know, go get somebody like C.J. McCullough or somebody who can handle a, a whole game like Anthony Edwards. He put two scores together. But at the end of the day, the Timberwolves beat the Warriors. And so let's not let's, – let's not, I mean, it was by three. The Warriors are a good team. Uh, we know they're four-time champions because Clay Thompson tells everybody every time he loses or anytime anybody talks, he puts up the four. We won four championships. We get it. We won four championships. But the Timberwolves found a way to beat them. And in that game, Nas Reed was the leading scorer. And so is that – I mean, again, you don't want anybody to have to get hurt in order for other guys to step up. But is this maybe a, a sign of what the playoffs are going to look like, the fact that Carl Anthony Towns might have to come out? The fact that Rudy Gobert might need to come out because I like Nas Reed with Carl Anthony Towns a little bit better if you're going to run and gun than I do with Rudy Gobert because Rudy Gobert is not a scorer. Nas Reed clearly is. So you can put Nas Reed in there with Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, and then one other guard. And I think that's a team that can go with the Warriors. It can go with and beat the Lakers if they have to play them in the play-in game. They can beat the Thunder. And so that's where I think the Timberwolves stand right now is – how quick, because you, I mean, what, seven games left. How quick can these guys get back, Carlini Towns for sure, back to conditioning basketball shape? Because you can control the minutes now. In the playoffs, you can't really control these minutes. You just got to go with the flow and play as much as they need you. But that's my take on this, man. I, I think the Timberwolves are a good team. I think they can win. But how can this team come together this, this you know, short amount of time and they haven't played together all season? Yeah, the, the first two games of Carl Anthony Towns kind of worked out exactly as you would hope. Nas Reed was more productive, he was more efficient, and he played more minutes. But then Carl Anthony Towns comes in at the end and delivers the big moment. Against yeah. Atlanta, it was the two free throws. Against Golden State, it was the two threes. And he delivers in the clutch. Uh, I think he's actually fit back in a little more nicely than I would have assumed. So that's great to see. And Nas Reed has become a staple like you can't take him out of the rotation. And I, I would hope that Nas continues to get those minutes. And if it happens at the expense of Gobert, I'm honestly okay with that, Ron. Like I, I watched the entire fourth quarter last night. I was living and dying with every play. And Rudy Gobert, maybe he alters some shots on the defensive end or he keeps guys out of the lane. Um, so I can't overstate that, but <clears throat> he's a liability on offense. Yeah. Like he struggles to catch the ball in traffic. He made a sloppy pass to Anthony Edwards. He couldn't get a rebound when they really needed it, like on the offensive glass. I just wasn't I, – I, I didn't enjoy watching him play basketball. I know he does the, some of the little things that, that go unnoticed, but I would much rather have Nas and Cat out there than Rudy uh, when it comes to the fourth quarter of a big game. Yeah, and I think we brought it up with the Purdue uh, seven-foot-four guy. I mean, when you're that tall, like Rudy Gobert – you sacrifice a little bit of athleticism. Like he's not as athletic 
as a Carl Anthony Towns, who's a couple in, you know, what, two inches shorter, maybe, or something like that. Uh, maybe three, because Carl Anthony Towns might be lying about his height. Who knows? Um, but, you know, even go down to an Anthony Edwards, super athletic, you know, a six, eight guy like LeBron, really athletic. Like when you get over seven feet, sometimes you do sacrifice a little bit, you know, and, and that's what Shaq brought up about shooting free throws. Like that's just something he can't do. You know, there's not a ton of Chet Holmgren's out there who, when they get in seven foot territory, they're still super freaky athletic. And, and Victor Wabiyama, he's a liability. If Steph Curry switches off and you get Rudy Gobert on Steph Curry, he's a liability because he doesn't want to come out super far because he's going to get beat. And so I think that's the key. Nas Reed is a little bit more athletic, can get can get around that stuff, can kind of stay with a guy like Steph. Um, and again, Steph, we know he's older, so he's not what he used to be. But this is this is a team that I truly feel like can make noise in the playoffs. Uh, I truly feel like they have to continue to do what they're doing. And again, Cat staying out of foul trouble, like you said, in the fourth quarter, two big free throws, two big threes. That's the key. They didn't have that during the playoff run at points last year because he was in foul trouble. Like they couldn't get him in to stay in the whole fourth quarter or to stay in the majority of the tough minutes because he was falling out or he was coming out whining about being, you know, four fouls and he's crying, then five fouls. Now he's really crying. And now he's playing timid. He's not doing. And then he gets like a rebound foul. Like that's just what happens when you're overthinking everything. You get the dumb little fouls and that's what Carlton Towns will be. Um, but I'm excited for the rest of the show today, Sam. We got Blake Cashman, former gopher linebacker, play for P.J. Fleck, uh, currently with the Texans. Uh, so has a lot to say about D'Amico Ryans, has a lot to say about P.J. Fleck and the roll the boat culture. Uh, not a guy recruited by P.J. Fleck. So that's why I'm really excited about this one, because he was recruited by Jerry Kill. And uh, people can say whatever they want about P.J. versus Jerry Kill. But Blake Cashman is the one who can tell us what P.J. did when he came in uh, and took over. Took over for a system that was great under Jerry Kill, but then Coach Clay's a little bit of turmoil. And P.J. Fleck probably was the right voice to steer that boat and uh blake cash is going to join us i'm excited about that but i also want people to remember you can download locked on sports minnesota on amazon fire and roku that's amazon fire and roku just search locked on sports minnesota in your apps you can dial it right there to your tv you can watch our show you can see me down here in beautiful sunny orlando florida and we have a word from our sponsor today's show brought to you by FanDuel, as it always is march madness is heating up NBA coming down the stretch. If you're a new customer at FanDuel, you can get a no-sweat first bet, up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel app, safe, secure, very easy to use. There are so many different ways to bet, hundreds, in fact, on all your favorite leagues, all the games, all the lines, all the sports. Uh, also, stack those bets up within the same game for a same-game parlay and a chance at massive payouts. Don't miss the chance to get that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when the first bet doesn't win or if it doesn't win. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Well, now it's time for the Hanging with Ron Johnson segment. Uh, excited about getting this guest on. This is a guy that uh, I've known uh, and watched play since he was in high school. Uh, played at Eden Prairie High School in Minnesota. Uh, went on to the Golden Gophers. Uh, was a high school safety receiver. I saw, and then became a a, a weight room beast. Played linebacker. Uh, ended up getting drafted to the uh, NFL. Going to the NFL uh, as a linebacker. Uh, played for the Jets, Texans. When I when I think about Blake Cashman, I go all the way back to like Eden Prairie. I think versus like Totino Grace, and it was like the uh, the state finals or something. And 
And this is a kid that had like athletic ability out the yin yang uh, high school coach. To be honest, I don't think ever truly used all his players for what they fully could do. But when it mattered the most, Mike Grant at Eden Prairie said, you know what, let me throw a couple deep balls to Blake Cashman and see if he can make a play for us. Uh, so I do remember that. So, Blake, I want to thank you for joining me, man. But uh, t- t- take it, go back to those high school days, man. Like, wh- why do you think you weren't used more as just an all-around, like, give me the ball 10, 15 times a game on offense, let me go on defense? Uh, what do you think Mike Grant was so hesitant about in high school? Well, first off, thank you for having me on the show. I uh, was looking forward to this. And uh, to answer your question, uh, Mike Grant's philosophy is always play his best players on defense. I remember, I think, starting my sophomore year, I started begging him to play more offense. And, you know, he wasn't really hearing it. He kept preaching about how, hey, I'm going to play my best players on defense. You know, it's uh, about getting through um, the season. He wants to keep guys healthy. You know, he runs, I think, a very different style high school football program than most coaches. I mean, I think my entire time in high school, we went full pads twice. Wow. Um, he kind of carries this uh, NFL philosophy where he, he wants to, you know, take a lot of the physicality and practice, um, save it for the games. Because, you know, as we know, a lot of times the best teams, the teams that go the farthest in playoffs are the healthiest team. So he always wants his best players available and, you know, he wants his best players on defense, but uh, it wasn't until my senior year where uh, he started exploring different options, you know, putting me at receiver, like you said, and uh, I had good, good athleticism and speed in high school where just run down the field and we're going to lob that ball up and go get it, make a play. Yeah, no, I still remember those games. Uh, my, Carter Coughlin's dad, Bob, is a good friend of mine. So I started watching you guys probably around, I, got, I say probably you guys were sophomores. Uh, I had to be around your sophomore because uh, I know I knew Carter and then I know you were friends with him. Uh, I know Antoine Winfield had left and went to Texas, but he grew up playing with you guys. And then uh, because of Vince Varpness, who was at the Gophers when I played, he was our uh, GA. He was the head coach at Burnsville. So I knew about Kamal Martin. And then you guys all end up at the U of M together. Uh, what was that like, you know, going to the U of M uh, with a high school teammate and a guy in Antoine that you knew uh, when you guys were kids? Uh, it was a full circle moment, honestly, uh, just because, you know, we grew up together, we competed together, and to land at a Big Ten Division One uh, school, Division One football program, it was it was pretty special just to um you know either continuing to uh, build our relationships or reconnect uh when Antoine came back to Minnesota but uh what's awesome about all that is just you know the guys that grew up in Minnesota um played high school ball in Minnesota to keep those guys uh in state you know I feel like growing up uh, it was always hard to watch uh, all this uh, great talent leave and then you know they're going to play at Wisconsin, Iowa, Nebraska and to be honest as as a gopher alum it made me sick to my stomach so <laughs> to uh, keep guys like ourselves in Minnesota and you know help build that program up uh, was very special and it's uh, it's very cool to look back because um, we made a lot of uh, good memories together. Yeah and you were teammates in college 
with Eric Murray, and he was there with the Gophers. Uh, 2016 fourth-round draft pick to the Kansas City Chiefs, now with the Houston Texans. Uh, you as well are with the Houston Texans, so you have another Gopher in that locker room. Um, you know, how much has that helped, especially, and you guys are on the same side of the ball as well, special teams, defense. Um, how did that kind of help, you know, landing in a spot with a guy that, you know, you knew from Minnesota and played at Minnesota? Well, you know, he, he's always been uh, somebody that's acted like a pro uh, ever since day one I met him my freshman year of college. And to go to a new state, new city, uh, a new team where there's uh, a lot of unfamiliarity, like to have someone I know, someone, uh, you know, I've known for quite a long time, uh, brings a lot of comfort, but he was somebody, you know, that I, I leaned on and you know, would ask him a lot of questions, just, you know, what, what, how, how was this uh, organization ran? Uh, what do these coaches uh, like? What do they, they want to see? So uh, he was somebody that could answer those questions right away. He was a familiar face. And, um, you know, e, I call him the technician, you know, that man, he, uh, he does everything perfect. He's Mr. Fundamental. <laughs> so uh, it's fun to watch him. And uh, although we don't play the same position, you know, he's the guy that's played a long time. He's played a lot of ball and, He's somebody I can learn from and continue to learn from. Yeah, and now you have a guy in D'Amico Ryans as a head coach, uh, you know, coming to the Texans. But let's back up. You know, you guys going into the game against the Colts, all you had to do was lose the game, and your organization has the number one overall draft pick. Lovey Smith, we know he's not going to go down without a fight. Um, what was that mindset like? Because I kind of got Eric Murray's take on it. But what was that mindset like the whole week? Uh, trying to drown out that outside noise of all the media saying that, like, oh, if they lose this game, they they get the number one pick, and uh, you know, oh, if they win this game, they give the pick to Lovey Smith's Bears. Uh, you know, how how hard was it to drown out that outside noise, uh, and some of it within your own building? You know, owners making comments about that, and and GMs, you know, having to address that, like, yep, we know we have a chance to get the number one pick. You know, how was that as a as a group of players in the locker room trying to keep the outside out? I felt like everybody handled it uh, very well, did a good job at blocking out the noise. At the end of the day, it, it's just noise. And we're there to perform at the best of our ability. Uh, the coaches are there to coach at the best of their ability. And at the end of the day, whether you're a coach or a player, uh, we're competitors and nobody wants to go into a game like, hey, for the better of the organization and the future of this franchise, like we're, we're gonna purposely lose this game. Um, so, you know, what I saw was going into that week, you know, we're, we're one of the worst teams in the league. We've been hearing the noise, uh, the media, fans, uh, the league talking uh, bad about us all year. But um, we wanted to finish the season off on a high note. And every coach, every player uh, prepared that week to, to win that game and uh, end our season with a W and on a good note. Yeah, and, and so when you think about, you know, ending a season – uh, there came a time in your life where football um, could have been tougher. You know, you could have had a harder battle. Um, you know, you, you guys are around the time where, where Coach Clays took over the program and you had to, to protest pretty much to say, look, we're not playing until our teammates are treated the right way. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you guys had Coach Clays leave and P.J. Fleck came in and you had to adopt a new system. Uh, new mantra, roll the boat, you know, 217 words and all this other stuff. Um, 
you know, when you thought about that, when you go back to that time, kind of that that weird transition year, all the crap off the field happening, uh, playing in a bowl game, winning it for Coach Clays, and then having P.J. Fleck come in, uh, what do you remember most about that time? Well, I'm not going to say it, it was easy. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's very difficult for players, especially players, you know, that are becoming upperclassmen mm-hmm. uh, to – go through coaching changes, go through a, a culture uh, change. And, um, you know, in a way you kind of feel like your world's flipped upside down because, you know, everything's changed. And uh, the hardest part about that is when you, when you completely take a staff away that you've been working with, uh, those relationships mattered. And the, that time you spend with them uh, developing and growing as a player, as a person, that all matters and it means something and to uh, have to embrace the change uh, wasn't easy, but uh, you know, coach Fleck came in and he, he, he asked everyone, you you know, to, to stick with him, believe in him, believe in what uh, he's going to do uh, for us and this football program for the university, for the state of Minnesota. And uh, you know, we just put our heads down and, and went to work and, you know, I'm somebody that likes to look at the, the positive and things. And, you know, going back to those moments uh, in, in, in college, you know, I, in a way, I think it prepared me for the NFL. Uh, you know, I'm going into my fifth season, but I've now had four different coaching staffs. Mm-hmm. So that change in college, I learned how to, to work through that and to um, develop new relationships and, uh, you know, mature those relationships with those uh, coaches and different staff members. So, uh, I, I think it was a blessing, you know, at first when I was a sophomore, just, you know, some 20 year old punk, you know, I, I, I thought it was uh, very hard, very stressful, overwhelming. But, uh, when I look back at it, uh, it was a blessing and I think it helped prepare me in a big way for, uh, the NFL. Yeah. And I remember back when I was in college, uh, my, had my sophomore, Sophomore year, I think, or junior year. I think sophomore, junior year, we had like a big scandal with uh, off the field stuff, whether it was phone cards, whether it was uh, p- players getting papers done by secretaries. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you know, basketball had their issues with Clem Haskins and their, you know, their staff doing the same thing, doing papers for players. And I always remember Glenn Mason uh, doing what he could to shield us from the media, uh, where it just came out on ESPN as just, it was uh whatever. I forgot what they called it, but they just said, hey, all the players got suspended for one day. We took it as a team uh, and then we just missed like a little bit of money from the bowl game. And then we still all got to play, travel and go to the bowl game. Uh, when you look back on, you know, you guys, you know, you were suspended at a time. But P.J. Fleck kind of, you know, not being you weren't his recruit. You know, you weren't his you weren't Rashad Bateman to him. Like you weren't one of the guys he had to go personally sign. Uh, but he still took care of you guys. You know, he still wanted to make sure you guys knew you're his players and that he's going to do everything as a as a dad uh, to really put his best foot forward to keep you guys uh, shown in the best light. You know, what is when you look back on some of that from college and, you know, right when you were leaving and then you left, uh, go to the NFL, like what did P.J. Fleck mean to you in those moments? Well, um, when I, you know, sit here now and think about it, I think he did so much more than just um, developing a football player. You know, he, he does so much with the football program and those players there. 
that you know helps them develop young men become young professionals regardless of what career path uh, you pursue when you graduate and done with football uh, but you know he he has a lot of philosophies and you know you I, I think uh, I'm correct by saying this uh, he was a like elementary school teacher or something yeah. like that yeah uh, I mean at college so um, he, he he does a lot of, of teaching to uh, us players and the players that are there um, and it doesn't even have to do with football but uh, you know that stuff is is different it, it's special and uh, it helps you know uh, a young young man or a boy who's 18 years old and by the time he leaves he becomes he becomes a man and uh, there's still things today you know challenges I face uh, where I think back of things that PJ Fleck has told me or has told the team and it still sticks with me a day and it helps um, get me through you know um, when I was in my last season with the Jets in New York, uh, I had a groin injury. And then I, right when I came back, no, I had a hamstring injury. And right when I came back, I got a groin injury. And as an athlete going through injuries, it, it's very frustrating. Um, you know, more than anything, it, it's a, it's, it's a mental grind. And, uh, honestly, I was kind of in a dark place, but I, I thought of, uh, you know, something uh, PJ Flex said, and it uh, talks about just having uh, gratitude and being thankful for, you know, the good, bad, everything in between, because, uh, you know, whether something's good or bad happening, like you can learn from, it, you can grow from it. And he always talks about, you know, failing is growth, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I thought about those moments and those things that he was teaching me. And, and then on top of that, like, um, you know, I felt like a, a failure because I wasn't out there playing, but um, he always talks about just having the right peace of mind, like knowing that your, your work and what you're doing matters. And as long as you know every day you're getting up and putting your best foot forward, that uh, you can be, you know, pleased with uh, the progress you're making. And um, that's what I had to do to get through that was um, take each day uh, as like a small goal um, to move forward. And uh, it honestly, it, it helped me in great ways. And, and you went to the New York Jets, Jets, Carter Coughlin, New York Giants. Uh, again, you guys are friends. How often, because uh, I know Carter's going to come on the show in probably like two weeks, um, but how often do you guys uh, or did you guys actually get to connect being so close? Uh, when we were out there, you know, as the season's going on, you know, you're so busy. Mm -hmm. uh, we weren't able to get together as much as I'd probably like. But um, I remember uh, one time after training camp preseason, kind of had some time off. Uh, we got together. I think we watched, uh, what was it, the, the Gophers Ohio State game, mm -hmm. um, opening up the college football season. Uh, so his, some of his teammates were there, and we just kind of, uh, grilled out and watched the game. It was, it was a good time, but you know, he's, he's in Minnesota a lot in the off season when I'm here. Uh, so we, we connect all the time, stay in touch and, and, you know, we've, we've had such a long relationship, honestly, a, a lifetime friendship. So, um, it's been great to, uh, kind of share a story with him and, uh, you know, follow his, his professional career and, you know, all the success that's coming his way.
And, and when you think back to, you know, we got two more before we jump into the Daily Three. This is uh, Blake Cashman, former Gopher, uh, now Houston Texan, drafted by the New York Jets. When you think back um, to, to the Gophers scandal and we know what happened, 10 players were, were blamed. And then, of course, uh, pretty much a lot of charges were dropped. A lot of players were exonerated. Um, but Tracy Clays was put in a tough position. You know, Jerry Killer just left. He wasn't a head coach per se. He didn't have that head coach bravado, that head coach like plan. And I feel like PJ Fleck has a plan uh, for a lot of things like that. When you look at PJ Fleck, if you were to go back in time and you could go back in the future with Michael J. Fox and PJ Fleck's put in that situation, uh, one, uh, do you think players even end up in those situations the way PJ tries to teach now? And then two, how do you think PJ Fleck handles that? I like to think that, uh, you know, guys wouldn't end up in that situation. Uh, you know, I think he has a, an elite thing going, uh, there at, at Minnesota. Um, but something that's always stuck with me and, uh, I forget where, you know, he, he, he got it from, but he, he talked, he used to always talk to us players about a great leader, you know, when you have to make a tough decision, you, you need to gain all the information uh, before making that decision. And it's, mm -hmm. it's okay to wait for the very last second to make that decision because take all the time you need to get the information that's, that's necessary to allow you to make the best decision. So, um, you know, I think he would definitely have a plan and he would, um, I mean, I think he would handle it as well as you could just because that is a very uh, sensitive uh, subject and um, what what happened. But something that you hinted on earlier, uh, talking about Glenn Mason and just, you know, dealing with the media and the noise is uh, regardless of, you know, anything that's going on with your team, like it's important to uh, stick together and uh, lean on each other because at the end of the day, like a football locker room, uh, it's a family. It's a brotherhood. Uh, no matter where you go, guys talk about that. So, uh, you know, thinking about back on that moment and what happened uh, with those guys, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. It's challenging. There's so many different opinions and things being thrown out there. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, you got to uh, love each other and, 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 you know, work through those challenging situations together and um that's that's what's important yeah and, and when you think about the the times uh with the gophers and then you were drafted by the new york jets you have no idea where you're going to spend at least the next three years of your life uh when you think about a rookie contract most rookies you know in that first three years they try to either re-up or get a new team when you got drafted by the new york jets new york is new york so never sleeps jay-z you know parties blah blah um but then also the jets tough media um a lot of you know turmoil with both organizations jets and giants probably one of the most scrutinized uh organizations due to being in new york uh how excited were you though when you got drafted by the jets oh man it was uh it was like this weight being lifted off your shoulder you know going into the draft you know i was so excited and you know, you, you hear all these projections and, you, you know, you can't help yourself, but, you know, think the best, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I just remember as the draft went on and, you know, you're not hearing any buzz with your name, not getting the phone calls you, you want. 
Um, you start getting stressed out and you start worrying about all these different things that you can't control. Uh, you know, the funny thing about that is I remember watching the draft, waiting for my name to be called. And I would say it was about 15 minutes. Couldn't have been more than 15 minutes before I got the call uh, that I was being drafted. I was like, screw this. I'm, I'm turning the TV off. <laughs> I'm going back to the to, uh, University of Minnesota. I'm going back to campus. It's spring jam. I have a good time. My friends, like, forget this. I was so I was so stressed out. But um, I mean, my parents are just like, just take a deep breath, relax, like put in the work, be prepared. Something good can come out of it. And sure enough, I got the phone call and I just felt like I could breathe again. But it was uh, it was an amazing moment. You know, just this honestly, what was you know the most special to me was just seeing the reaction of my family and, and close friends, people that have you know been with me my entire life and uh, to share that moment and uh, to see those emotions. Uh, you know, something I'll never forget. Well, we got the daily three coming up. That's me, Sam, and Blake. We're going to have a little fun, little fast-paced question game. Uh, but make sure you remember this episode is powered by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Just visit fanduel.com backslash locked on to make every moment more. And also, you can download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just go to your TV search apps and you can download it just search locked on sports minnesota and it'll download right to your tv you can get all of our videos all of our shows you can see blake cashman's beautiful face and we have a word from our sponsors thanks ron before we get back to the daily three let me tell you about built bar delicious nutritious treats that you can get in store now at walmart and sam's uh, sam's club go to the pharmacy section get the four bar box get the 13 bar box and what makes built bars so great not only are they good, but they're good for you. 100% real chocolate, amazing macros, 4 grams of sugar, and up to 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories. And when you can get flavors like peanut butter brownie, double chocolate coconut puffs, why wouldn't you load up on some Built Bars today for that delicious, nutritious treat in-store, Walmart or Sam's Club, or online at Built.com. Still use the promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off. Well, here we go. It's three questions, three minutes each. Take it away, Sam. All right, Blake. Uh, I wanted to ask you back to that those Eden Prairie days. Take me through a game, a, a memorable game from your high school career. I know Eden Prairie played in a lot of big games. What's one that stands out to you? Uh, state championship game my senior year. Uh, we were down, uh, I believe, two scores at halftime. Uh, a lot of my teammates looked like, you know, they were giving up. I could see the quit on their face. And uh, me and some of the other leaders on our team, you know, just kind of rallied the guys in the locker room. Like, well, we've been here before. Let's go. And we came out uh, and kind of hit them in the, in the mouth uh, right away in the third quarter. And we started coming back. And we ended up finishing that game. But my favorite moment was uh, I was at receiver. And I was put out there to block and ran a sweep to the left side of the the field and I remember I had this little corner on me put him in the ground got up I saw a running back got around the edge saw safety screaming down downhill he was a good tackler probably the fastest player on the field and I came and uh you know at that time it was a legal block to take a shot <laughs> I took him out and I look up and our running backs going down the sideline for like 
a 60 yard touchdown. And I remember I was so happy and so proud of our team because I knew them were going to win the game. And I think there were still like two minutes left. And I started breaking down in tears while the play was still going on. I was sitting on my wow. knees, watching him go in the end zone. And, and I'll never forget that moment. I was, I was so, so happy and uh, so proud of everyone. Was that against Totino Grace? It was against Totino Okay, so Grace. that was the game. Yeah, that was the game. I think I, it was on, uh, I forgot what cable plays your games for high school in Minnesota. but uh, 45 something. Yeah, 45. yeah, I think so. Yep, yeah. So I just happened to be, I don't know if it was because of Carter maybe, but I just happened to turn it on. Uh, I was watching it and I'm like, oh man, like this is, this is Totino Grace has it. And, you know, and then all of a sudden EP fight. Because who was, the, was, uh, was Grantham the quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Cause I had met Grantham. Uh, I forgot where I met him at, but I had met him and his dad. And so, uh, yeah, cause that, that was the year when Carter and him played basketball and then Bob Coughlin and Grantham's dad got into it at the Hopkins game. Cause you play basketball too, right? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I remember all that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. So those, those memories for me too, like I have, I have that burned into my head just because of Grantham. I remember Carter and his dad, you know, coach Flom, you know, just told me all those stories and blah, blah. And, you know, Bob was like, yeah, we had to stop Grantham's dad from trying to attack Coach Flom because he was mad Grantham got benched against Hopkins. But, you know, like – and he's a good basketball player. I know him and A.J. Stone are still friends. But I was always surprised he didn't really pursue football because there's a lot of six three six four basketball players. There's not a lot of six three six four quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be interested to see, like, him now in today's quarterback world – with the RPO, you know, how high he would get recruited out of Eden Prairie uh, because – and I don't know. Mike Grant probably would never run the RPO anyway because it's going to be un- unbalanced left, right. He's just going <laughs> to run the ball down your throat. So, But, no, that definitely was memorable for me. What you got next, Sam? Yeah, Ron alluded to this. Uh, I've always wanted to ask some New York guys this question. When you when you go to play in New York, Blake, you know, they're known for this tough media, very critical um, – do, is that something you're aware of as a player when you're in the city or are you pretty much insulated from all that noise? Oh, no. I mean, the we got there. I mean, the Jets hit the, the rookie class and any new players on it. Day one, talking about mm-hmm. the media, uh, you know, they do a little classroom session on how to handle it. Um, I definitely experienced some of it, but, you know, it, it, it's kind of like everywhere, you know, guys that are, you know, more of the face of the team, like uh, the quarterbacks or guys with the ball in their hand, like they seem to get it the worst. But, um, you know, if you're if you're on one of those, if you're on the roster, if you're on one of those teams, like you're going to uh, get some of the uh, the tough, you know, slander and uh, talking smack that a lot of the medium fans um, will give you mm-hmm. on a yeah. weekly daily basis. I must say, I've, I've heard New York's media can be tough. You watch the Knicks. Uh, you watch a lot of that stuff with the, the Nets and, and how it's just nonstop. And, and no matter how bad the Jets are, I hate to say it, they always are still in the top of the media. Like, yeah. they find ways to put them up there. And Sauce Gardner is helping them big time now, and then hopefully Aaron Rodgers goes and helps them and gets out the NFC North. Uh, but I, I got to throw a little audible in there. Omaha, when you think about – the Jets, because I have another question about the New York side of the Jets. Have you met uh, Joe Namath? I have. So uh, what was that yeah. like? Uh, he's, he's a legend. You know, <laughs> somebody he walks in the room, he's, he's going to grab your attention right away. Um, but he's, he's around the, uh, the facility a lot. 
Um, You know, at practices, he'll pop into meetings. You know, he has a all access pass around the New York Jets grounds, but uh, he's still a legend in the city. Uh, Anywhere he goes, he's, he's still a Broadway Joe. He's, he's the man. Did he show up with like a fur coat and a cigar or was he kind of laid back? Uh, No, he, he dressed (laughs) the nines when he, he, uh, every time he was at the facility, he would have some, uh, um like suit or blazer on but it wasn't just like an all you know black suit like it right it had different patterns and <laughs> colors that popped like it, he he's he's he still wants to you know walk in the room and have that swagger like hey i, I just entered the room <laughs> what you got next Sam? last one great yeah last one uh ron you can probably answer this one too i i wanted to know of a professional coach in your career so far, Blake, who's had a big impact on you? Could be head coach, coordinator, position coach, uh, or, or anybody else. Ooh, you know, I had to go with my guy, Brant Boyer, uh, special teams coordinator uh, with the Jets. Uh, that's, that's my guy. Uh, we still stay in touch uh, to, you know, to this day. You know, he was somebody that I think played 10 years in the NFL. Uh, was a linebacker looked at it as undersized, which a lot of people in the media say I'm undersized, uh, but he was a good special teams player. And uh, he knows a lot about football, a lot about, uh, you know, his players too, which I think what makes him, you know, such a, a great coach and why he's had success um, coaching um, special teams. But, you know, he's somebody that's very transparent, always genuine, real with you, no matter if it's good or bad, you know, sometimes you're going to, hear something from that, you know, you don't want to hear. It doesn't sound good, but um, at the end of the day, like, honestly, it's the best policy, and, you know, every player just got mad respect for him. Yeah, for me, I have to say, uh, rest in peace. Uh, wide receivers coach for the Bears, Daryl Drake. Uh, coach Drake was probably – because uh, with the Ravens, you know, it was it was more of tooth and nail of being, you know, having to play early as a rookie, having to start getting hurt, being forced to play because we only had four receivers because we ran the crap out the ball. Uh, so, you know, didn't have time to have surgery. And so it was just a different experience going to the Bears, uh, having to earn my way, end up playing tight end and receiver. And Dale, I'll never forget Coach Drake would always like talk to me every morning about like, Hey, this is what we're doing with the receivers. So you just go to the tight ends today. Like he was, he was really instrumental in allowing me to grow. Cause at that time, I think I got to like 247 pounds. Uh, and he was allowing me to grow into that role where he didn't hold it against me. If I missed a receivers meeting, cause he knew I was doing the right thing with the tight ends meeting or I was with the special teams. Um, so he made it really uh, easy. And also because I didn't know this, but Lovey Smith told me later that, uh somebody from the ravens had told the bears that i had an attitude problem and so uh like week one i remember lovey telling me like hey like you're we're gonna start you at tight at uh h back which basically is the opposite side tight end um but is it all behind you and i didn't understand what it was and then coach drake actually kind of broke it down like look man this is what happened and so even understanding that how i'm responsible for my facial expressions i'm responsible uh, for how I look when somebody tells me something, uh, because I can't control how somebody takes what I say or do or look, but I can't control how I look, say and do. So I learned early that, you know, like that from Ghost Drake, like, look, man, always have a smile, always say yes, coach. Uh, you know, if they want you there at 850, be there at 840, you know, all that kind of little stuff uh, from Coach Drake. So, you know, rest in peace to Coach Drake, but he was, he was extremely instrumental in that. And then also, 
becoming a coach with the coach and then now in the media now uh breaking down film doing analyst stuff coach drake like learning to play tight end learning the linebackers in the box learning an over front versus an under front all that like i didn't have to learn as a receiver so he was huge in helping me understand all that stuff uh you know picking out the mic backer and understanding why the tight end is hot if this guy comes and so i mean it was like drake and i man we we spent numerous nights together in the meetings just trying to catch up and figure out all that stuff so he was huge in that but i want to thank blake casper for joining me on the ron johnson show blake like i said i always love to give guests man i've had tommy harris on uh you know we we sat down with mel blunt you know uh, hall of famer i mean there there we've had a lot we've had you know adam thielen uh you know josh metellus and I always like guys to to kind of write a letter to themselves and, and i know you probably grew up in this so you remember back to the future and uh, back to the future, you know, Michael J. Fox, there's a scene where he goes back, he finds an almanac, and then they can change the future, blah, blah, or Hot Tub Time Machine. That might be more of your movie, Hot Tub Time Machine. You can go back and buy Google stock. Uh, but if you could put yourself in a Hot Tub Time Machine and go back to, like, four-year-old Blake, two-year-old Blake, 20-year-old Blake, whoever, 15, 18, and give Blake some advice. And not only just for Blake, but anybody else in your situation, uh, what would you say to yourself? Two things. Uh, first, easy. I would tell myself uh, when you get around, you know, the age, you know, a teenager, when you can start, uh, you know, lifting, training, uh, to get in the the gym, the weight room, and get in there often. I feel like I, I I didn't get in the weight room and didn't take that serious enough, um, you know, until later in high school when I was an upperclassman. But I felt like you know, looking back, if I would have done that a lot sooner, it would have it would have helped me and helped me in uh, getting recruited. Uh, but you know, times are are different. You know, and and there's so much more now. So I, I understand that. But definitely uh, getting weight room, and then uh, something that you know I struggled with when I was younger. You know, all the way up until I probably got to college was you know just having confidence and believing in myself. So I would tell you know my younger self to. Uh, believe that every time you step on the field, the court, whatever it is, uh, you're competing in that, you know, you're the best player out there and, you know, don't be afraid to, um, you know, make the call, you know, take the shot, whatever it is, because, you know, nowadays I think there's so, you know, much opinions floating out there from, from people that, you know, honestly don't even matter they're not even involved in what, what right. you're doing but they they got something they need to say and and i think when you're you're younger you know that stuff's gonna affect you a lot more and you don't know how to handle it because you know you're not prepared to handle it and you shouldn't have to handle it so um you know just telling that that kid to believe in yourself and when it comes down to it bet on yourself and uh, i figured that out but i figured it out later than i wish i did and it, it turned out uh, to be a good thing for me well i want to thank you for joining me on the ron johnson show uh i want to thank sam ekstrom for all the hard work he continues to do and remember people if you want endless vikings talk with local experts make sure you subscribe to the locked on sports minnesota youtube channel where you can find all of our videos all of our shows instant podcasts after every single vikings game and all the vikings press conferences delivering the biggest news of the week and make sure you like our videos and leave your thoughts in the comment section i want to thank you have a great day